Annenberg Media. This is the Annenberg Learner Podcast, where we aim to elevate the education profession through conversations that inspire, recognize, and encourage innovation and best practices in the field. We track the lived experience of teachers, students, and parents alongside the ecosystem that serves them. Guest speakers will share what's working and the steps we can take to reimagine and redesign teaching and learning for our most vulnerable populations. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Annenberg Learner Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ty Buckman, who is the program coordinator at BSCDC's South LA Best Buy Teen Tech Center, an affiliate of the Clubhouse Network. She's committed to helping young people discover their unique path to success. She joined the Clubhouse Network as a mentor coordinator at Expo Center, where she quickly flourished in building mentor-mentee relationships creating content for programming, and establishing new partnerships. When COVID-19 first hit and closures were mandatory, Ty was a spearheading catalyst to move youth programming completely virtual, launching the first teen virtual program for Expo Center. Now as an executive officer of Sisters Involved in Linking Knowledge or Silk, a nonprofit organization, Ty has been instrumental in fundraising initiatives to support annual youth scholarships for minority students. She's been on the committee for Silk's Teen Leadership Conference since its inception in 2017 and served as a producer and co-chair of Silk's 2020 Teen Leadership Conference Digital Festival. Ty is a graduate of International Black Women's Public Policy Institute's Dorothy I. Heights Global Leadership Academy, which is a six-month leadership program that prepares young women to be agents of change to challenge the systems that oppress and disenfranchise Black women and girls. Hi, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the Annenberg Learner Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And just a side note that Ty and I worked together through the South LA Best Buy Teen Tech Center since its launch last June. So I'm very excited to be interviewing you today to hear about your role there, your leadership, and your work with youth in the area. To start, I'd love to, for you to tell us about the community you serve and the students you work with. Sure. So our facility, the South LA Best Buy Teen Tech Center, is in South Los Angeles. Um, We're right in the heart of things here. And we serve youth between the ages of 10 and 24 years old. Obviously, that, you know, kind of goes into the young adults section of things. And the students here are amazing. I find that uh, working with these youth, they're they're so rich in talent, is what I find, but under-resourced. It seems to be the greatest thing. I'm learning that more and more. Um, the community here, we're working with uh, neighboring schools, organizations that come and visit us in this facility and use our facility because of that exact reason. So for me, it feels great to be able to provide a space, a landing pad, if you will, for those organizations that really have everything it takes, but just don't have the tools to take it to the next level. So I work with a wonderful community. Thank you. Thank you for sharing about that. And what kinds of tools and access is available to students that come to the Teen Tech Center? So we've been open now just under a year, actually, and it feels like we've been here so long because everything has been moving so fast. But we have computers, high speed internet connection, 5G. We have the 3D printer we just got. We have a recording studio. We have a green screen. We have a projector um, with a fantastic screen as well. We have robots. We have Wacom digital tablets. 
But what I find the most is that a lot of people uh, really want access to the computers first and foremost um, with the schools because they just don't have the speed or they just really have outdated computers. So that has been really helpful. Got it. And when do students come to the center? What does a typical day look like at the Teen Tech Centers? It's interesting with that. Uh, basically, we do have uh, after school programming from, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And students can drop in Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. But we also have we have structured programming as well, which means we have boot camps going on. And those things happen between four and six on um, Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays as well. So they can drop in or sign up for those boot camps on those days within those hours. Um, but what I am finding is also that there's a homeschool base that mm -hmm. those students want to come in as well. I actually do come into the center earlier and I've had students actually drop by as early as 11 o'clock, you know, and come by and they just come into the space, whether they're getting help with their homework at the time or they want to talk or mm -hmm. they want to start to use the, uh, the resources that we have here. You can subscribe to the Annenberg Learner podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's great to hear, especially when, you know, we coming out of the pandemic and understanding that teens need a lot of additional support and can use these spaces to connect with others, to connect with adults um, that they trust. One of the things that I read is that the Teen Tech Center has a particular learning approach grounded in research from education, developmental and social psychology cognitive science and youth development, things like learning by designing, following your interests, building a community and fostering respect and trust. How do you cultivate this approach and how does it show up at the South LA Best Buy Teen Tech Center? I love, I love this approach. And I think that's probably one of the things that excited me most about being a part of the Clubhouse Network, which is our affiliate so following a path that you are excited about has always been important to me, always, since I was a little girl. So this learning model aligns so much with my beliefs. You know, and, and there, in the book, Lifelong Kindergarten by Mitch Resnick, um, who actually is kind of the foundation of these, this philosophy at um, the teen tech centers and the Clubhouse Network, he discussed how studies have shown that, you know, people and youth in particular work longer and harder when it's something they're interested in. So I'm constantly getting youth and parent feedback to see what they want in the tech center, because then I know if I have those things that they'll they'll love it and they'll find their passion and they'll find their lifeline, really, if you ask me. And so students design video games and build websites um, and some of these digital processes have made an impact on the learner's ability to solve problems. So ultimately, that's what it's about, you know, solving those problems but finding a way to do it creatively. And to me, um, building a community, it involves relationship building. And so it's important that I get to know the youth in the space and vice versa, that they get to know me as well. I understand that it takes time to build trust, you know, with them. So I don't push. I just get to know them naturally and engage. And then when opportunities present themselves, you know, we, we are able to work together um, on projects. That's what I find builds the rapport. So, you know, building community and fostering respect and trust comes with collaborative work. And that's the kind of space we have here. You know, there's four words, the four P's is what it's called with um, that, uh, with lifelong learning and with this whole philosophy. And it's passion, play, peers, and projects. And, you know, that's what we do here. We, we have everybody finds their passion and we play. 
you know, we play mm-hmm. actually to figure things out. And, and so it feels exciting and fun. It doesn't feel like, you know, your typical learning and peers, you know, having peers in here to learn together, they're laughing together, they're learning and helping one another and collaborating together through projects. All of those things um, are how I bring things together here. So um, all the different boot camps allow them to work together in this and all in all of those ways. Um, and so we, we hit it in every area with that. I love it. I love this idea of, of play. I think, you know, as we get older, we, we tend to forget about that. And that's really how we learn, engage and connect with others um, yeah. and learn about ourselves. Exactly. That, that, that to me provides like this freedom, you know, and I, I think that that's what attracted me so much. I started at Expo Center as a mentor coordinator, but um, I, I, it was just the freedom that was in the space. The, in the model lies freedom. You know, when you say, hey, play and passion and project and peers, all that stuff, that's freedom. And and that liberated me personally as even a, an adult to try things, to try new things, to explore, to not be so hard on myself, to not be afraid to try. And because it impacted me that way, I'm able to um, translate that and relate to the students in the same way. As part of its mission to advance excellent teaching in American schools, Annenberg Learner funds and distributes educational video programs with coordinated online and print materials for the professional development of K-12 teachers. Many programs are also intended for students in the classroom and viewers at home with videos that exemplify excellent teaching. K-12 educators, students, and lifelong learners may access Annenberg Learner resources for free at learner.org. Please note, rights restrictions may limit the availability of some series. For the latest information about learner programming and availability, sign up for the Annenberg Learner Newsletter at learner.org. Got it. And how did the students hear about the center? Uh, we, we, we have Instagram, social media, really pushing that out, showing the work that we do, social media, so people can see uh, what we have going on. I try to really make sure that we're showing diversified experiences. I mean, you may see robotics a few times on there. I'm also making sure that you see, you know, that we also have storytelling and we also have animation and we also have, you know, scholarships. And I, I really just try to make sure we're showing all the different things that we offer so that people can understand that it's a place for for, for them in so many ways and so many things. Through the pandemic, we worked with you know, youth through boot camps, through the entire thing. And so we had that roster of people already and continuing to connect with those people as well. Also, I'm going out to schools, um, speaking at schools, you know, during the parent teacher um, meetings and just meeting different teachers and going out to speak and talk about it as much as I can. So there's this grassroots thing you know, and other people telling other people now, um, people are coming and saying, yeah, because I heard about you guys. And yeah, so-and-so told me about you. And so it's just spreading in all those variety of ways. So I'd love to hear about some of the projects you've seen teens create at the center. I think one of my most exciting, not most exciting, because they all are, <laughs> but Best Buy and Pop Sockets actually had a uh, partnership and they were looking for 24 students and, and through any of the tech centers around the world to be part of this design program. Students were going to create pop sockets. They were creating a design based on the theme, building uh, brighter futures. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have two students get accepted to the program. They did have to submit their work and they had to submit 
kind of a short personal statement and also pictures and two were accepted. And so they created pop sockets and one of them created pop socket of a, a girl. She actually, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, is it a hijab? Yes. So she created that basically feeling that, that it's a marginalized group in mm. terms of the media and, you know, things we read and see. And so she wanted to touch on that. And so she created this beautiful artwork of that on her pop socket. And another one dealt with education and gaining knowledge and growth. And those pop sockets are, first of all, they're beautiful. And Mm -hmm. then second of all, they are plant-based. And best of all is they are being sold at Best Buy on bestbuy.com. I love the work that they did. I love that it had to do with something that was meaningful. It wasn't like they just um, created any design. It had to have a purpose and have a meaning and matter. That meant a lot to me. Those students were paid for their design and also for their licensing fee. And so those students walked away with $2,000. And I think it was beautiful because they got to work with teams at PopSocket that actually work in the department, the creative department. And they, you know, got to experience that mentorship and find out what it takes to put out actually a product. And so that was uh, something I'm very excited and proud of that my students were a part of. That's fantastic. So in addition to coming in and exploring with all the tech and tools and connections they can make at the center. They also have opportunities to get money and do internships and get jobs. Can you speak a little bit more about that? What's the vision for that for for students that participate and um, engage in a teen tech center like yours? Yeah, I I love that part of it too. I love, I'm like, oh, there's perks too, you guys. There's perks. I love it. So Best Buy has a partnership with uh, UNCF, United Negro College Fund. While on one hand, we have groups of people who are more interested in going into entrepreneurship, which we love, and there's so much space and support to do that. But then you also have those people who are college oriented and they want to take that path and they may not be looking at uh, entrepreneurship right away, at least. For students who are looking for scholarships, that partnership, United Negro College Fund is giving up to $10,000 a year in a scholarship with three years renewable. So we're talking about up to $40,000 for their time in college to support them. They particularly were looking for high school students, but also open to undergrads. I was able to help and support six students completing that process. And I'm super proud of them for getting it done and for putting it out there and going. And two of our students were selected to receive the scholarship. And we just found that out last a month. And I'm beyond thrilled about that. Both are going to HBCUs. One is going to Howard University. The other is going to Tuskegee. They got accepted to over seven colleges and they did college tours and they finally made their decisions on where they would be going. That's another perk that comes with it. um, Scholarship opportunities. Um, We also had scholarship opportunity last year with Jack in the Box. We had a relationship with them and we were able to give four students $2,000 scholarships each. They were taken on a fancy dinner to Laurie's restaurant in a limousine with their parents and they were acknowledged and they had an opportunity to speak, but they were supported through scholarship as well. And so I love that too. That's incredible. I mean, just the opportunity that's available by participating in these centers is great. My next question is going to be, how do you measure impact and what will it look like, do you think, in five 10 years down the line, these students that have participated in programs like this and received these scholarships and engaged in this work, how are we measuring that impact? 
Um, we measure impact in a few ways. You know, like I said, we're an affiliate of the Clubhouse Network. And so we do an assessment and progress report twice a year with them. And this document helps us gather, you know, data analytics for, for the first part of the fiscal year and the last. And it assesses demographics, you know, age groups, mentorship programs, and how effective the learning model is. So that's always very helpful to us and very detailed as well. We also do uh, in-house surveys for students. We do them for instructors and mentors, and we do them for parents as well. And we address the satisfaction of the program. You know, feedback for me is huge. And I, I do a lot of verbal feedback too. And I know documentation is always important, but I love, I connect all the time with the students, instructors, and parents. Like I'm always talking to them. Mm -hmm. I really care about how they feel. I care about what they want. That's probably my first line of, uh, of, of measuring certain things, you know. And then we also have a youth impact survey um, that gathers data analytics about uh, their pro-social behavior. You know, what are we seeing? Are they happy? Do they feel safe? Do they feel cared for? Um, and so we're covering all the bases really in, in trying to see the whole person, which yes. is also very important to me. It's also about how you are feeling mentally in your mental health as well. So for me, that's 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 very, very important. That's great to hear given, you know, the mental health crisis that youth and adolescents are going through, that this is part of the experience for them when they engage with you and with the, the teen tech centers is, is good. It's good to hear that this is available to them. The Annenberg Foundation is a family foundation that provides funding and support to nonprofit organizations in the U.S. and globally. The foundation is dedicated to addressing the critical issues of our time through innovation, community, compassion, and communication. To learn more, go to annenberg.org. You've had a lot of experience working with youth in tech and mentorship, given your time at um, the Current Center and then at Expo before that. What draws you to this work? To be honest, I would have never imagined this to be my path. I didn't, wasn't planning on this, you know, and it just happened. It's like it was destined. I won't go through the whole process of how, but I landed here and I couldn't be more happy and grateful for that. I think being introduced to the Clubhouse Network, I keep saying them because they're the kind of the introduction of this whole philosophy, but being introduced to the Clubhouse Network through my work with Expo Center was the beginning of that beautiful discovery. You know, I was able to get up close and personal with technology in ways that I hadn't before, ways that I hadn't thought about before. And exposure to the culture of the Clubhouse Network and Expo Center, how they were able to, and even here, how they are um, able to, to work, it, it's just changed my world and, and it's just thrilling. So it was a place, like I mentioned before, where it's so much freedom, support and encouragement. I feel strengthened in that kind of a space. I've just fallen in love with it unexpectedly. As far as mentorship, there's two sides to being a mentor. I had a lot of freedom to develop relationships, number one, because as a mentor coordinator, I had to meet those people. Hey, who can I bring in that can, you know, bring something valuable to students, to these youth, you know, meaningful and valuable to them. I learned how to make those connections and I enjoyed making those matches. I discovered that actually I had, I had quite a few connections with a lot of people that were skilled and interested in making a difference. And I kind of started there. I was interested in going out to seminars and, you know, other workshops and just getting out there to meet other people and just began to strengthen my Rolodex of people who had expertise and were willing to come share. Um, and then on the other side of that mentor, you know, I became one. 
without necessarily looking to be one because I started engaging with the youth. I just fell in love with them, you know, just because they're learning, they're, they're becoming more comfortable and talking to you and sharing with you and they're creating and their growth, you know, you seeing the development of them, their, their progress from being closed in and shy to then being confident and flourishing. But I, I kind of fell into this space without really looking for this path. Yeah, you spoke a little bit about, um, so there's the work you do at the center, but there's also the network that you have access to with the um, Clubhouse Network and your own continued growth and learning. Can you speak to that uh, a little bit? What does the support to you look like so that you can then support the youth that come to the center? Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to be in this position. Sometimes you say like, gosh, is this, is this, this is a paid gig, you know, because it feels so good and there's so much support. Number one, I want to acknowledge Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation, which is the parent company of, you know, uh, this Best Buy Teen Tech Center. And I, I am so appreciative of them um, because I, they also are very supportive in our professional development. So we are encouraged to take at least two different professional development courses annually. Currently, I'm in a uh, a nonprofit management certification program with the Center of Nonprofit Management, and they encourage it. Then I'm supported also with Best Buy Clubhouse Network. In the Clubhouse Network, uh, their annual conference in September, I went to New Orleans, actually, and the conference was there. It was like over 250 people from all over the world. (laughs) And it was amazing. We had... We had workshops in AI, so we learned how to train a, the computer, how to learn, you know, we did like rock, paper, scissors or something, but we trained the computer to acknowledge and learn that and know that, and that process was super interesting. Those are things and skills that I can bring back to the tech center to be able to share. Uh, Best Buy, it was the same thing. You know, uh, we just went to a summit in just a couple of weeks ago. And we also learned things, you know, we learned different things that we can bring into the tech center. Sometimes it's, you know, about different communities. Like for instance, we had one workshop with, with the LGBTQT community. It was very insightful and helpful. Things like that matter too. It's not just about gaining technical skills and learning about technology. But as I mentioned, what about different groups, you know, and being inclusive? And so we learn things. And those are things that give us insight to uh, bring back to our tech center. That's fantastic. And um, I'd love to hear about your experience with the Dorothy I. Height Global Leadership Academy. How has that experience shaped your own leadership in and outside of your work at the South LA Best Buy Team Tech Center? Before I joined that, I was like, I didn't know what to expect, but I was definitely excited. And it was interesting because one of the greatest things I learned from that of all came from one question, and it was, who am I? You know, you're thinking, oh, this, that, and all these different things, but who am I has been one consistent thing that is, I've, I, it has remained embedded in my mind and has challenged me to continually look into that. You know, because one of the greatest things you learn is that self-awareness is your biggest gift, you know, to be self-aware because being a leader, what kind of leader? Leaders come in all shapes, forms, and fashions. And it's like, what kind of leader do you want to be? What kind of leader are you? What matters to you? What are your values? Who are you? And those things made me look into myself to see those things came out like, okay, well, integrity matters to me. And, you know, and all these things that come out. That means that that's the kind of leader I want to be. And so 
again, I'm being challenged all the time to keep looking at that and to keep being self-aware to be my best self. I found that being a leader is not, it's not about being a dictator at all, but it is about serving. Leadership is about serving. I mean, we discussed like policy and allyship, advocating, communication styles. You know, I learned where my strengths lie. And that was also very effective because, you know, then I know I can work from what I'm good at rather than what I'm not good at. And you can do better if you develop what you're good at already. So it was very immersive. The professional women involved were incredibly dynamic and we were able to work in groups to present different different things. We each had like a specific target and focus and we worked together in groups to put together a presentation. Our commencement was supposed to happen at Harvard, <laughs> which we were super excited about, but the pandemic happened. And so we oh. didn't get to do that, but it culminated in a trip to Ghana. Um, so it was an amazing program that really changed my life changed my life. I, I just want to dig in here a little bit on if it's okay with the question of who am I? Do you find that that's a, or that the answer is a like dynamic and changing? Or is there something about that question that kind of stays the same? Ooh, I think that it's, 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 it's about fluidity, you know, and I'm learning that too. And I'm learning that nothing is like static, you know, in, in life on your journey. So who I am right now, is not who maybe I'll be in five years. You know, now the core of who I am, I think those basic things are there. You know, I, I am this, you know, the certain core of me, you know, what I value per se, you know, that's something that I think is kind of will be stable. But in terms of, you know, how I shape out and how I shape up, I think it, it changes over time, you know, because experiences are going to give you an insight um, they're going to sometimes challenge you and you find out strengths that you have that you didn't know you had. And that also begins to elevate you. So I think it's ever changing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing a bit about your, your journey. The next question I ask everybody and, and would love to hear about what your own K-12 educational experience was like. Well, okay. I guess, you know, if I say as a leader, I want to be honest <laughs> and have integrity, then I have to do that. Honestly, I, at school, I always loved school. I did. I always loved school. Um, I was an excited learner and a lot of teachers made me feel seen and I felt smart. They let me feel smart and they told me areas that, that I was good at. So I, I, I feel good about that. But I think part of my journey, I was social, very social. And I think that there were points in my life where I made that more important than anything. So I don't think that I focused like I should have or like I, if I could go back in time like I would have back then because I always was capable of more, but I didn't always apply it. And so it took me to get a little older, even have my first child, my son, to be able to really appreciate the opportunities in front of me in education. Of course, when I went back to school and everything, I was able to succeed and be very successful and ace everything. And, you know, I, I brought back the focus that I should have always given myself. I'd say it was, it was an interesting journey. It was, it was not a perfect journey, you know, and it could have been because the interests, um, it could have been because the people, you know, a lot of different things impact how we approach education, you know, and, um, 
And I think that I, I was distracted. I was distracted a lot until I got older and, and said, you know, no, I'm going to take control of my um, life and my destiny. And I'm going to put forth my A game. I read books, the, the four agreements, you know, that taught, taught me, you know, don't think, don't think, don't take things personal. Don't assume. And, and one of the things, the reason I attach it to this is because he say, um, he said something to the impact, like, um, you know, your, what you do and how you show up, that's your signature. That's your signature, you know? And so always do excellent, always be excellent. And so I did, I wasn't always excellent through my K through 12 experience, but I did learn later to be excellent. So I like to bring not perfection, but excellence to the things that I do. The Annenberg Learner Podcast is supported in part by Abre. Get real-time insights into what's working and what's not with K-12's number one modern data solution, Abre. Learn more today at abre.io. That's A-B-R-E dot Another question that I ask every guest, what are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? I'm doing all of those things. I'm doing something <laughs> in all of those areas. But right now I'm reading The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. I think intentionality is critical um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more intentional about every single thing I do. I, I have still work to do. I'm still growing in that area, reading that and taking those principles into my life. I also like when I come into work before and home too, actually, um, before I start, you know, before everybody gets into the workspace or when I'm alone at home, I, I play a lot like on YouTube, having a smart TV. I love that. I'm able to listen to like, you know, master your emotions or no excuses and, you know, the art of discipline and those books I'm, I'm listening to by audio. I'm actually physically reading the book about intention and then I'm listening to those other things. Uh, Ty, is there anything else that you would like to share with the learner audience before we sign off? Yes, I do. I'm going to repeat this again. If you're listening and you have kids, students, or know any organizations that want to learn about technology and just thrive in a safe, incredible space, um, please visit SLA Tech at vsedc.org. And you can also follow us on IG at South LA Tech. And other than that, I just want to encourage everybody to, you know, no matter where you are, if you are the brightest star, if you are not, there's a place for you. And that I encourage everybody to just keep learning and striving to be your best and trust that what is destined for you will meet you. Thank you, Ty. That's a wonderful way to end. And I just want to acknowledge you for the wonderful space that you create every day for teens and youth at the center. And it's been an honor to hear a little bit about your journey that I don't get to hear when we work together. So this has been amazing for me as well. The Annenberg Learner Podcast joins the catalog of multimedia professional learning content to support educators teaching in more effective ways. Annenberg Learner is the education division of the Annenberg Foundation. Learner supports the foundation's mission to encourage the development of more effective ways to share ideas and knowledge. Go to learner.org or contact us at podcast at learner.org.